You're listening to Woo Sox Insider, presented by your Worcester Red Sox. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Woo Sox Insider Podcast. I'm TQ with Dylan McCaffrey and Dave Leonardi. It is Monday, the first Monday of August, which is pretty cool. We're in the dog days of summer. Only 18 more home games at Polar Park this season. So get your tickets, woosocks.com, at the ticket office, or call 508-500-8888. But, I mean, we, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. Now that it's over, everybody can talk about it. Everyone has been talking about it. Last Thursday, the Woosox threw a no-hitter against the number one Incredible. team in the International League, the Durham Bulls. They threw a no-hitter. And it was special. First no-hitter in the AAA Red Sox organization history since 2003, Bronson Arroyo. 2003 was a minute ago. I was four. Not to, not well, to put anyone to shame. Uh, I was four years old. I don't remember it. Wasn't there. Sorry, Bronson. But you don't know when you're sitting there that you could be a part of history. And we all were last or Thursday night, not last night. Not last live. night. Yeah, we're taping them. We're taping it live on Monday morning. Monday right morning, baby. What a great <laughs> Marvel's Defenders of the Diamond game we had yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of want to I want to go through where everybody was during the game when people realized because all of us were kind of split up. Dave, you were working on the in-game side in the control room. Decaf, you were producing the TV broadcast and I was sideline reporting for the game. Uh, so Dave, let's start with you. You're keeping up with every pitch. So were you just so aware of it forever? So I really started paying attention to it once Waka came in after three innings before he went out for his fourth. And I noticed that he he had, yeah, he was perfect. He was perfect through three. And I was looking at that. And I didn't say a word the entire game to anyone about the hits or what was going on or nothing. I was keeping it internalized to myself. I had a little sticky note and I was writing down like what pitchers were coming into the game so I could keep track of our pitchers for Ben to read off when the game ended, if the no hitter will, when it did be completed. And (laughs) it was about the eighth inning. Other people in the room started kind of catching on to what was happening. Cause you know, everyone's they're looking at all the camera angles or focusing on the graphics. They're not necessarily looking at the guest hits like I am. So Brendan Black, who was producing that day, he looks at me and goes, oh, Dave, like the other team has no hits right now. And I look at him and go, shh, like, don't, don't say a word. I was like, you don't talk about it until it happens. <laughs> but I was just on the edge of my seat for incomplete, just internal silence for the last and, six innings of that game waiting. And Dave, when – the next day when we came into the ballpark, you told me how poetic it was that we were having a little scoreboard malfunction. One of our breakers overheated on the new old line scoreboard that's on the Worcester wall next to the brand new video board. What, what tell all the listeners and watchers what that sort of poetry was. I thought it was pretty symbolic that when we had come in and it was about an hour before first pitch, I looked on the line score and I had noticed that the at the end of it, the only zero that was working for the hits and errors was the guest hits. So to just see that 
the guest hits zero being the only thing standing out. And then for everything that happened after that, it was kind of like foreshadowing of what was to come, but none of us knew it. Wild. We had lights out on on the video board, except guest hits zero. And that stayed all night. Didn't even pretty cool. Decap. I didn't know that. Yeah. Pretty neat. Neat. I think would, yeah, is a good descriptor for it. Decaf, when were you on top of it? Because you were running our replays and producing the TV broadcast on that night. That's correct. Uh, I don't really have my head in the in the line score very much. I'm just looking at replays. Like, I don't even have the score bug in the replays. So I'm just, like, cooking up replays, uh, trying to make sure we're hitting all, like, the advertisement sponsor reads. And I think it was after we got out of that bases loaded jam that I realized that we were still no hitting them. Cause I was like, we're about to give up a couple runs. This is going to be a long, long night. And then we got out of the jam and I was like, that's great. I was bored. And I was like, wow, we didn't even give up a hit there. We haven't given up a hit tonight. And I thought for sure that like, you know, you bring triple a is, is, is meant to get guys work. It's meant to get guys ready and trained. And I, I thought that we were just going to keep bringing in whoever and not worry about the no hitter, but we were lights out. And uh it was it was funny because the game got a little bit boring we're up 10 nothing like it's 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 over midway through and then nothing almost instantly yeah like the tension builds back up and builds back up to a climax once again so the game like had like a, a midway act break like climax and then a climax at the end of the game uh exciting to be a part of what about utq when did you realize that uh we were on the edge of history I, no lie, realized in the seventh inning, I had no idea what was going on until I think we were going into the bottom of the seventh. We were stretching. We were singing, take me out to the ball game here at Polar Park. And I looked over at Brian Simmons Hayes, who runs our social media, incredible job doing it. And I looked over at the line score and I was like, wait, and I looked over at Brian. I went, Brian. And then I looked back at the line score and pointed. And he just goes, yeah, buddy. And was so excited. And that's when I really started paying attention. Um, and decaf, I think it was the double play is a great moment that it kind of clicks for you. Because every baseball fan knows to have a no hitter or a perfect game, you have to have some special plays. And the defense was stellar last night jeter downs flashing the leather as he has all year at shortstop and you have to make plays like that that double play really almost sealed it after a couple of back-to-back walks put runners on first and second you get a fortunate bounce ground ball up the middle off the mound bounces right to a fielder easy double play to get out of the inning and i mean you can't cap off a no hitter with a better play than what Devlin Granberg did for the last out of the nine. That was unbelievable. A guy that wasn't even in the game to start. Kristen Stewart was start starting the game. Kristen Stewart was starting in left field, hit a home run, and like Kirk Gibson was limping around the bases after. So Chad Tracy pulled him. Devlin Granberg, who for most of the games has been playing right field here at Polar Park, they put him over and left. And then it was one of the first plays he saw in the outfield all game because the pitching staff was so phenomenal, but but unbelievable night, magical night. And the offense was unreal too. If there's an inning 
three home runs in one inning and it was fun to be down with Brian and the rest of our content team where they're trying to post the home runs as quickly as possible. And they just keep going one after another. And the second one goes and Brian's scrambling, trying to get video, trying to get photos for it so he can post. And then as he's finally like catching up, the third one goes and he stands up and he's running around and he just looks at me and he goes, I'm officially overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> and I thought that was such a hilarious thing to say in the heat of the moment, just the self-awareness to kind of be walking around going, I'm overwhelmed is laugh out loud funny to me. I was saying that in a much uh, more profanity laced way. I, I was operating replay. And so including the, in the, in the middle of the three home runs, there was also a robbed home run. And one of the home runs and the robbed home run were literally back-to-back pitches. So Whenever someone hits a home run, I'm trying to make a melt to go out of the inning with. There's like one or two outs, so I like I hit a home run. And I What's a go melt? To break. I, I I was gonna get there. A commercial <laughs> break. Uh, we were, we were we were going into commercial break, so I wanted to have like a couple like pretty angles, like the side swing of the guy hitting the home run, maybe the ball going over the fence, maybe him like high fiving guys in the dugout as the music plays you into the commercial at the end of the inning. Well, having one of those hits at the end of the going to the commercial break turned into having two of them turned into having all three home runs to go into the commercial break. And every time that happens, you know, you're scrambling to be operating pitches for every replay while you're also making a playlist to go show these replays as you're going to commercial break and you're doing it all at once. And when stuff like that happens, Brian put it well, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming, and I also had a text sitting from TQ about a sideline hit that I was just not able to answer for, like, 25 minutes. No, there was no way. We couldn't fit it in because they just kept mashing taters. It was it was unreal. You could tell from the jump that the Durham starting pitcher had nothing in the tank. Franchi led off first time back with the Woo Sox since April 28th. So Woo Sox fans really happy to see one of their favorite players in Franchi Cordero back. And I think on the fourth pitch of the game, hit a screaming liner to center that the Bulls center fielder made a nice sliding catch on. But next hitter, Abraham Almonte, goes deep the other way. And he is a blast. My goodness, he is so much fun. He's been with the Woo Sox like a week and a half. And he's basically taken over the entire clubhouse. He's such a glue guy. He's so much fun. And he rates. He's awesome. He might be my new we got favorite a lot of new Sox faces player. Here. I can't keep track of all the new faces coming into this place. After the trade deadline, are you kidding me? Not even that just like, you know, it wasn't like a bunch of guys on the Woosocks were traded. It's just that when the organization makes moves, it makes waves from top to bottom. Guys come up, guys come down. You got to fill out all the rosters. And I looked at the the lineup yesterday and our, sorry, on Thursday. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to Google some names, figure out who these guys are that I haven't gotten myself familiar with. I thought it was pretty cool how not only was last night, you know, a historical night for the team in general. Thursday night. Thursday night. This is the only time this is the only <laughs> time we've pretended to record on actually Monday. And I, I don't know why we're usually very transparent about it, but we're going to stick to it. So what happened on Thursday yeah. night, all the way back on Thursday night, Dave? Uh, all, all the way back, all the way back on Thursday night totally wasn't yesterday. Uh, yeah, not yesterday. Not only it's, was it not only was it historical for the team, but Two days prior to that, we had lost 
16 to nothing to open up the homestand, you know, and then had a close game on the Wednesday, the day game. And coming out of the trade deadline, there's some new faces. You go through two tough losses like that, two games that are very close together with the late night and the early morning. And then to bounce back on that Thursday and have a game like that where the offense is just firing on all cylinders, every single person in the batting order got a hit, and then you throw a no-hitter. Not only is that just an insane turnaround for the team to have and just gives them a huge boost in morale going forward, but it also gives the fans a positive outlook, especially when you have, you know, Michael Walker making an MLB rehab appearance and going almost perfect through four and two thirds, only giving up one walk in what, eight Ks? Yeah, eight strikeouts through four and two thirds. He was dominant, which we've seen all year at the big league level from him until he went on the injured list with shoulder inflammation. And one of the reasons why I didn't realize there was a no-hitter going on until the seventh inning was because after Waka came out, he showered, got some treatment from the training staff uh, in the clubhouse, and then he met with some members of the media after the game, same way Chris Sale, Nate Evaldi did. So I went and got uh, some audio of Waka and asked him how he did, and he said during the game that, Oso, Ronaldo Hernandez, the catcher on Thursday night, was calling a great game. When Nate Evaldi did his rehab assignment, he said he was really putting an emphasis on trying to work on every pitch in his repertoire to kind of get a feel for it again. And Waka essentially said he just wanted to get back under the lights and play some competitive baseball and that Ronaldo Hernandez was calling an incredible game. And that was in the sixth inning, Waka is saying this. So he's only saying that after his four and two thirds and then an inning of work from Politi. So he obviously has no idea that there's going to be a no hitter. We're only halfway through the game by the time Waka's talking to the media. He hasn't been really watching either because he's getting treatment on his shoulder. He's getting showered and then he's meeting with the media. So I didn't find out until I came back out after that press conference oh my goodness the bulls don't have a hit so it was awesome and waka had one of the best standing ovations from the polar park faithful that i've ever seen they were so appreciative and waka had some great words about polar park and the fans here that why don't why don't you guys just take a listen now was uh, pretty pleased with how the ball was coming out and like the command of, of uh, you know, kind of getting ahead of guys. And if I didn't get ahead of guys, I was able to make quality pitch to get back in the count there pretty quick after that. So, um, you know, Oso was calling a good game back there and was just trying to fill it up and, uh, you know, kind of get to that number of what I was trying to work it to uh, today. But, um, yeah, I was pretty happy with with how I felt shoulder-wise and uh, how, how it was coming out. Was it something you were, were you trying to, or did I want to throw a certain amount of fastballs, curveballs, change-ups, and so forth, to get a, to make sure you had a feel for all of them, or was it just take battle the hitters as they were there? Right. There was no, like, hey, I want to get this number in there uh, type of deal. It was just trying to pitch my game. And, uh, you know, we I kind of sat down with Oso before the game and was – going over how, you know, I kind of like to pitch guys and, you know, kind of my repertoire on where I want the ball and where I would like you to set up a type of stuff. And so uh, 
you know, I didn't really shake too much uh, with him back there. I was just trying to get ahead of guys and then put them away afterwards. You feel ready to go back to, to Boston at this point? As well as yeah, players? yeah, for sure. This was your first time, hopefully last time at Polar Park, but what do you have to say about this facility and these fans? Yeah, it's an unbelievable facility. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of high praise about it um, from guys that were getting called up or guys that have, have been here and experienced it. And, you know, I was asking a lot of questions, uh, figure out, you know, kind of what to expect. And so it definitely lived up to the hype. Uh, it's an amazing facility. The fans are great here. They're engaged and into it, and they come and support their club. And so it's a it's a really, really cool atmosphere. You don't get that a lot of places. And so it's uh, these Red Sox fans, they're doing it right. You got to give a lot of credit to Michael Waka. I mean, coming out, being humble, giving the fans a show. It's, 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 it's awesome to have major leaguers come rehab here, especially when they just are lights out and immediately go to Boston so they can help those guys out. I also want to credit Michael Waka because he had to sit in the dugout and wait while we uh, had to sit through a delay last night. A lot of delays last year for various reasons, rain and whatnot. Uh, thought we might get some rain yesterday. Didn't get any rain. Did get uh, an unforeseen drone flying above the field. I want to set the record straight and say, wasn't our drone. I wish a little bit it was our drone because I would love to get footage of Polar Park from the sky like a blimp. Can't do it. First of all, it's a restricted airspace. The Worcester Airport is right nearby. Can't fly a drone in a restricted airspace. Second of all, uh, you can't fly a drone over a baseball field that is associated with Major League Baseball. Not allowed. Uh, at least especially, not during- uh, yeah, especially during a game. Especially yeah. during a game. So if anyone's a drone pilot, don't do it. If you want to get drone footage of Polar Park, go to the Woo Sox website. There's a front office tab. Shoot me an email. We'll schedule a time where you can do it in front of an empty park, making sure we're keeping people safe. You can't do it during a game. So everyone in the ballpark extremely upset. Worcester police going to find who was flying it because, like you said, Dylan, you can't do that. But a couple of Polar Park first last night. First drone delay. First no hitter. Thursday night. Not last night. It's always a, a fun task in the broadcast to try to fill those moments where uh, you have to take a little bit of a break because, you know, sometimes if it's like a, someone, a new pitcher comes in, you can go to commercial. But even last night, we went to commercial when a new pitcher came in and we came back and he's still warming up because if a pitcher comes in without getting any time to warm up because of an injury or something, which is what happened on Thursday night, uh, he can come in and warm up for as long as he wants. Uh, so I had to call TQ while he was cutting up Michael Walker's interview and get him to jump up and talk about just his favorite baseball movies with the broadcasters, just having a fun conversation, keeping the fans at home entertained while we're all just like literally sitting watching a drone that isn't even moving. It's just like sitting in a spot. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's always a challenge, a little bit into producing. It's, it's the, the, the moments where you throw a no hitter, that's easy. You're just shooting fans and everyone going crazy. The moments where nothing is happening, that's the real challenge. And so thank you to TQ for, for talking us through his, his IMDB top picks. I just want to add in real quick. I noticed that graphic in the broadcast about, you know, the top baseball movies. And I just want to say that major league was left off that list. And I think that needs to be revised for the next time we put up that graphic. Let's, let's do our top three right now. Why not? We just had the Durham bulls for the first time ever. Bull Durham is an all time movie. It wasn't on my top three for 
the telecast on Thursday. But Dave, top three. And every time we do these lists, I feel like your answers are always just blasphemous. So let's hear <laughs> I got... your top three baseball movies. Yeah, I got a lot of flack for the Charleston Chew. Yeah, uh... this is a big redemption opportunity for you. You know, it's not about redeeming myself. I believe in myself anyway at the end of the day, so it's fine. But number three, <laughs> number three, I think I'll just have to go. I think I'll go with The Sandlot for number three. Iconic movie. Always a good watch. You know, can't go wrong with The Sandlot. Number two, I think personally I'll go Rookie of the Year. Another great movie. It was awesome. Was it earlier this year when they had, was it, wait, what's his name in the movie? Henry, Henry Rowan. Rowan Garden. Rowan Garden throw out the first pitch at Wrigley Field this year so that was cool and my number one I have to say is Major League I love watching Major League I probably rewatch that at least twice a year whenever I get bored every now and again it's a great movie those are all Gotta solid picks sequel. those are all solid picks decaf I go so far to say they're solid they're basic Dave I expected more variety <laughs> out of you <laughs> I wanted to Roasted. see some deep pull like uh, the Charlie Brown oh no Movie Last time I gave some variety, it. I was called crazy for the Charleston Chew. <laughs> that's not you variety. That's you that's just win. ancient. <laughs> the classic. It is a it is a classic. It's like making fun of the Mona Lisa. Come on. Now. <laughs> okay, that was that was just said uh, that Charleston Chew is like the Mona Lisa. Yeah, decal. What you got? I'm, Let's move. No. <laughs> I'm done with Charleston Chews. Move on. Um, number four. Honorable mention is the Naked Gun. Uh, just watching uh, the umpire scene at the end, hilarious. Number three for me is Moneyball. I love Moneyball. Who doesn't love Moneyball? I listen to that song, the show, when I drive out of Polar Park almost every day and just pretend I'm Billy Bean. You like, know what's kind of messed up though? What? That's that song came out in like 2012, and the movie's about the Oakland A's in the early aughts, early 2000s. That song wasn't out. His daughter daughter, wasn't playing that song. And I looked it up. Billy Bean's daughter. Billy Bean's daughter did not write it. She's the (laughs) ghostwriter. Nine years early. Wow. Okay. Not going to lie. Forgot about Moneyball. I'm going to have that go in for number two. Drop rookie of the year down to number three. And number one is going to be major league still for me. But Moneyball is a a great film. Jonah Hill given like, I think he got like a supporting Oscar, supporting actor nominee for the Oscars. Yeah. I mean, just switching it up. I love that movie. Number three. Uh, Number two for me is Benchwarmers, which I know is like a really immature movie. But when I was growing up, I must've watched Benchwarmers a thousand times my bench warmers immature DVD movie is for an immature boy yeah uh, <laughs> that's, that's a baseball movie the same way talladega nights is a nascar movie hey talladega yeah, nights I mean, is a nascar when movie. i was a kid i wasn't watching like rookie of the year i was watching bench warmers over and over again uh that's that's number two for me just so many great quotable lines number one and i'm sorry for this but it's fever pitch I also watched Fever Pitch a billion times growing up. It might not be the best quality movie, but if you know me, my lists, my rankings, TV shows, movies are never based on like what the overall cinematic quality is. It's what it means to me in my heart. So many lines from Fever Pitch I think about every day. You love the Red Sox, but have they ever loved you back? Oh my goodness. Earth shattering. <laughs> I've never it's, watched I might, Pitch. I might... I might go on record and say Fever Pitch, I don't think, is a baseball movie. It's Red Sox-focused, but it's just a romantic comedy. 
that's what like my aunt said to me growing up she's like you just like it because it's red Sox, but it's not a, it's not a baseball movie and i was like no. there's so many red Sox scenes there are like I love it. there are like two clips of like a ball being thrown or a bat being swung in the whole movie <laughs> but like okay you watched have you seen four days in october of yes. course the, the 30 for 30 right great 30 that for 30, that actually has like, a lot of baseball in it that a little bit uh <laughs> you including like, the first Ted movie as a baseball movie then? Because it has the scene at Fenway? I, I'll, I'll accept it. Um, okay, also, uh, The Town. They robbed him in the park. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that at number one. Uh, the Town might have more baseball in it than Fever Pitch. Fever Pitch? <laughs> yeah. Fever Pitch is, is a magical film. Four Days in October doesn't capture the full, the full scale of what was going on in those four days. It isolates all of the history, all of the, the Babe Ruth and everything. Favorite Pitch does a great job walking you through that story. And the same way their love fails and fails and then triumphs ultimately, so does all of our love for the Red Sox. And, and they're finally getting a championship. Oh, should we just, we just, should we just watch Favorite Pitch right now? Yeah, well, I mean, I've just, never seen it. Dave, make sure to put fever pitch in its entirety right here in the pod <laughs> i think i think the copyright would be uh, find yeah i fast. think i think if i did if i redid my list so my list was hardball number three great great movie great movie you uh, a money musical number on the air <laughs> for that when you call me big papa put your hands in the air <laughs> it's a great great movie real it pulls at the heartstrings. I ball my eyes out every time. No spoilers, but watch Hardball if you haven't already. Um, Moneyball number two, and then The Sandlot is the number one baseball movie. It always has been. But if I had to do it again, The Sandlot's still number one. Moneyball, I think, is still number two. But The Rookie with Dennis Quaid, The Rookie is a phenomenal baseball movie based on a true story high school history teacher i think coaching baseball in high school he tried to go pro couldn't make it to the major leagues when he was young and he's throwing bp to his kids because the kids on the team are saying hey i can hit you and then he just mows him down and at like 40 years old ends up getting signed and making it to the majors with the tampa bay rays tampa bay devil rays at the time but now the Tampa Bay Rays. So the rookie, all-time baseball movie. The rookie, is that the movie that I'm like jogging my memory where he's like in the road in the middle of the night throwing past like the highway miles per hour marker and it like flickers or something where it says like 90 instead of 98? So it's an all-time, no, it's not 90 versus 98. He, He throws to the kids at the high school and like has a lot of zip on it. They're like, you have to, you have to like go to a scouting day. You have to try out. You got to get in front of some scouts. And he's like, nah, I'm too old. I don't have it the same zip on my fastball as I used to. So he goes out with a bucket of balls to uh like highways pitch or a like highway radar gun that just tells cars how fast they're going. It's like in the middle of nowhere, flyover states, America. So no one's on the road and he just goes out there with a bucket of balls and he starts throwing and it's saying like 70 or something like that, 72, 73. And he gets like to 74 and he, and he turns around. He's like, man, I don't have it. He drives away. And it turns out just like the Worcester wall line scoreboard on Thursday night before the game, 
there were some lights out. So once he drives away, it flickers, and he was actually throwing 94, not 74. And then, yeah, that's that's decaf. I'm glad you brought that up because that, I think, is my all-time favorite scene of any baseball movie. That's, like, the only scene from the movie that really sticks out in my mind because, like, I watched that when I was super little, but, like, that scene I've thought about whenever I've, like, seen a radar gun. Uh, so, yeah, I'll give it to you. That's a good, that's a good new selection. I'll take it. I accept. I haven't seen that movie either. I got to watch it. There's a lot of movies just in general I haven't seen. We've had these conversations before. It's okay, Dave. Yeah. You're good at other things. <laughs> I, can, I can keep a pitch count. I can keep a pitch count. That's right. Yeah. And you can edit That's a true. podcast. You can edit a podcast. You can keep a pitch count. You can score a game. Decaf is our dedicated motion picture watcher, if you will. Yeah. Let me know. Let me know what you need to describe to you, Dave. I'll do it in its entirety. Noted. You want the oral history of Star Wars right after this? <laughs> we'll be done by you, next week's pod. I can give Dave, you a story of how. What's up? We don't. We don't need the oral history, Dave. Just add every Star Wars movie. Star Wars movie after. So once Fever Pitch is over, then you'll cut the rest of this interview, and then just add every Star Wars movie after. It could be a ten-hour ten long podcast. Season eight of the Clone Wars, if not the whole show. Am I leaving out the trilogy though? The the witch trilogy. I don't know. I don't watch Star Wars. <laughs> There's more than one trilogy. I'm saying a bunch of really bad takes. There is four members of our content crew in here, and I'm just getting the, all the terrible looks right now in this room. No one is some, happy with me today. We got some big Star Wars fans on the content team. Dave's not one of them, apparently. Yeah. Well, that's okay. All right. I I'm think... indifferent. I'm indifferent. I, I won't say I'm not a fan of Star Wars. I'll say I'm indifferent, you know? Quit trying to save face. It's kind of like my relationship with Cantaloupe. If it's there, I'll go for it. If it's not, I'm not going out of my way. I actually, that's Dave, that might be the first take I ever agree with you about is cantaloupe. So we'll make note of that. We'll keep the tally going for the rest of the season. But I think that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you all so much for listening, watching, hanging out, coming to Polar Park. Only 18 games left. Like we said before, teams on the road this week, but you can listen Tuesday, Wednesday on 100 FM, the Pike. Every game on 98.9 Nash Icon. That's a Woo Sox radio network. And then when the team's back in town next week, get your tickets. Come on out. It's a good hang. You never know what you might see. Maybe a no-hitter. Maybe four home runs. Maybe a 12 spot and just a dominating performance. Maybe Dave. He's going to be busy scoring the game. But... You never know. So get your tickets online, woosocks.com. Call the ticket office, 508-500-8888. That number again, 508-500-8888. Or come by to the team store, get some merch, get a ticket from the ticket booth while you're here. Sunnies are on. We're out. Your beard is real. You guys are are both handsome. Yeah. It'll get there, Dave. It'll get there, Dave. One day when I grow up. Yeah. When you're a big boy. When you're a grown a big grown boy. You'll have a full beard like like me one day, like Papa. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> we were recording that whole thing. That can be your let's start adding tags at the end of everything, Dave, like we did with Courtney last week. Here we go. Wait, hold Hello, on a everybody. second. Are wow. You- <laughs>
are you guys is your zoom call lagging for you guys too or is it just me because no. it keeps telling me my internet's unstable you what lagged for a want? second when uh i was talking to you earlier but i'm seeing tq good okay so i'll just use tq's recording then in case mine keeps lagging cool cool ready actually ready 